0: Hello, and welcome to episode seven of The State We're In, where we try at least to keep you on top of developments at what we're calling the ESCOM inquiry. That, of course, is uh, one of the four inquiries in Parliament's portfolio committees into state capture, and this one deals specifically with state-owned enterprises, hence the ESCOM inquiry, because we've been talking mostly about ESCOM during this inquiry. Uh, We're heading into the final stretch, finally, and it feels like this has been going on for months and months and months, but there have also been some very serious developments and very interesting developments Outside of the scope of the Commission of Inquiry related to state capture. First of all, the chairperson of the big inquiry into state capture, uh, Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo, has made some very key appointments to get the Judicial Commission of Inquiry off the ground, including former Auditor General Terence Nombembe to lead the investigations. Remember him, hey? Also, you'll remember this name. And I can never remember whether it's Suzanne or Suzanne. Is it Suzanne or Suzanne?
1: I think she refers to herself as Suzanne. Suzanne.
0: Okay, that's the voice of Lindsay Dentlinger that you're hearing there. You probably know that voice quite well by now. Uh, So Suzanne Daniels, who's been this key figure in this parliamentary inquiry, has won her battle at the CCMA to be reinstated um, as ESCOM head of legal services. You'll remember she was suspended for blowing the whistle on payments to consultancy firms McKinsey and Trillion. So the CCMA has vindicated her and she is soon to be back at her desk and back at the job which is quite interesting. So that pulls uh, a little thread from earlier in this series. Uh, Let's get started, though, on the week that was. I'm Charlotte Kilbane, if I haven't introduced myself already. With me is Lindsay Dentlinger. She's our parliamentary reporter who has been covering this. Lindsay, what is the state we're in uh, as far as this ESCOM inquiry goes? What's been said? Who's been before the Commission in the past uh, couple of days? And who's still to appear?
1: Well, Charlotte, it's been another week of no-shows. For the second consecutive week, former SAA board chairperson Judy Mieni made excuses. Bye. Only this time she uh, changed her reason somewhat. In the beginning, she said her lawyer needed more time to appraise himself of uh, what was going on and to check what it would mean for her legally if she appeared. Only this time she provided slightly different reasons and more serious, if you will. She's too sick to fly. What exactly is wrong with her, we don't know. The Inquiry Chairperson, Swaranto says by telling the committee publicly what is wrong with her, that uh, would be a bit inappropriate. But uh, she instead sent a submission to the inquiry and hoping that that was enough for her not to have to appear. But of course, uh, they were not happy with that. And uh, Suki Swaranto said they would continue to force her, or try to force her, to come.
2: She has made submissions. She sent written submissions. And she thought that by writing and, give and, 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 and submit something written, That will at least be accepted by the committee. I therefore told her that that is not acceptable. We want to interact with her, we want to put questions on her, and we want her to respond on the spot.
0: So, in other words, we have no idea what's wrong with her. And, uh, and the committee is not willing to say what's wrong with her, but whatever she told the committee was wrong with her did not pass muster for the committee. That's basically the long and short of it, right?
1: Well, we should be clear. I mean, the first time, remember, we said she sent a, a string of SMSs to the inquiry. Last week, she phoned the committee chairperson. So what was relayed in the inquiry was the committee chairperson uh, summarizing what was said in this phone call. But what they did decide was that she would have 24 hours to produce that doctor's note. I've now established outside of that inquiry that she hasn't done so and as I said she won't be coming this week either.
0: Wow. So we're never going to be seeing her in front of this committee. Is it, is it fair to say she's just not going to come? She's going to filibuster it or she's going to Stalingrad defense it if you will just until we all kind of forget who she is.
1: Well the inquiry is under pressure to wrap up proceedings by the end of the month and submit a report to Parliament. So they facing those pressures and I think the witnesses who ha- um, have been evading this inquiry are also well aware of it. So the longer they stall, they actually push the inquiry into a corner. So even if the inquiry did try to subpoena them, they don't really have the time. They would then have to get permission from Parliament to continue. We're also <laughs> waiting for Gigaba, aren't we? Yes, and he could very well be the last witness uh, as the inquiry wraps up this week. Uh, he also made some ex- But he has pledged uh, to come and as far as we know, he will be there.
0: Right. So with two no-shows these past couple of days, who did eventually pitch up and speak to the committee?
1: Well, the only person we heard from last week was the former board chairperson, Ben Gabani. He came prepared with responses to four key issues. One of those, the suspension of those executives that the inquiry wants to speak to Dudumieni about. Uh, she was allegedly involved in a decision to suspend them, even though she had no dealings with the company whatsoever. Ngabani told the committee that that matter fell outside his tenure, but probably his most interesting testimony was that related to former chief executive officer Brian Malefe. Of
0: course, he of the 30 million rand pension payout, how exactly did he explain that?
3: The change from permanent employment to fixed term caused a lot of problems in terms of handling Mr. Malefe's benefits and so on.
1: Well, Gabbani claimed that former Minister Lynn Brown was kept abreast of the negotiations related to Malefes' pension through the letters to her office, although she has denied this. I, I have to
0: ask at this point, sorry to, to jump in here, this bromance, because I had heard some of what he had been talking about. I'd heard through your stories through the week. I, it, it seems like like Gobani was going to incredible lengths to kind of almost bow and scrape before Mulefe, saying that he was the, the best thing that ever happened to South Africa as a nation. It, it was kind of bizarre.
1: It was really astounding throughout um, his testimony how much he defended Mulefe, uh, in fact saying the country owed him a great debt.
3: Mulefe had brought such joy to us and the country when people's food was not rotting in their refrigerators, when people can have normal lives.
1: Gabani really held Malefe as the saviour of Eskom. He said he had spared the country from load shedding. He was even asked what he thought of another former CEO, Brian Darmus. And while he said, well, Brian, that Brian was an okay chap, he made, quote, some mistakes. So <laughs> even Brian Darmus couldn't come anywhere close to, in Gabani's view, how great Brian Malefe was for Eskom.
3: Problems started When Malefe left, I think that's when the dissonance started to appear.
1: Well, I
0: somehow doubt MPs were buying that explanation. I mean, ESCOM has been basically circling the plug hole financially for ages now.
1: No, they didn't, but that's really the line Gabani was taking that things have gone downhill since Malefe resigned or retired, however you want to interpret that, although Ngabani insists it was an early retirement.
0: <laughs> so so how does he view state capture as a whole if he has such interesting and novel views on Mulefe?
1: Charlotte, now that's where it got interesting. The evidence leader, Advocate Venara, asked him why the board did nothing about the public protector's state of capture report. And as you will remember, that's the report that essentially led to Malefes' downfall. That's where the Saxon-Walt-Shabeen story all started, uh, Brian Malefes' tears. And eventually that resignation slash retirement.
0: Let's not forget also an absolute avalanche of some of the funniest memes ever to hit the Twitter sphere and social media. So Please do continue with the serious stuff. I, d- I don't stuff. think he's
1: ever going to live down that saxon World Shabeen <laughs> story ever, no matter where he goes from here. But Gabani said the board had decided to get legal advice on taking that report on review because neither the board nor the individuals named in that report were given the right of reply.
3: In amplification of his views, Senior Council pointed out that the primary remedial measure employed by the Public Protector's Report was that a judicial commission of inquiry had to be established and that this remedy fits logically and appropriately with an investigation that was not as detailed as it might otherwise have been.
0: Okay, so the board essentially Summed its nose at Tulli Maroncellas' report and accepted legal advice that a commission of inquiry should deal with the matter. Is is that about the shape of it?
1: Pretty much. And this is where it also, there was an, uh, an undertone that you could pick up during Gabani's testimony. Because every time MPs asked him what his views of state capture were as they pertained to ESCOM, he would not explicitly say so but he was intimating that even this parliamentary inquiry was not the right forum for the job and kept uh, saying that a judicial commission of inquiry would be better placed
3: let us wait for the commission i keep saying that because all documents were on the table we will know who did exactly what
0: Sure, the tone though, Lindsay. I mean, these MPs are spitfires. I I wouldn't want to tangle with them like that. How did they react?
1: Well, Ranto reminded him that all the documents before the committee come from ESCOM. And he kept saying, we need to put these documents on the table and they'll be on the table in inquiry. And Ranto kept saying to him, but where do you think we're getting all the stuff from that we're basing this inquiry on? But MPs were not going to let him go. They might not have their former MPs there to grill Gabani, but the EFF's Marshal Dlamini, uh, really, Gabani really pushed a button in him. And he just went straight out there and asked him about his relationship with the controversial Gupta brothers. And Gabani gave probably one of his frankest responses and probably one the committee were not quite prepared for.
3: Of course, I have been to, to social events, to their weddings, to the South, South African of the Year Awards. No, no, no. I'm talking specifically to their house during your tenure of Eskom. Have you been to their house? Yes, I have. And your other board members, is there a, 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 any day where you pull them along to a cooped house? No, I did not. Well, oh, you, al- you just went alone? I was invited for special locations, and I went
0: course this wasn't really the end of the state capture matter was it
1: no it wasn't and, and the more he tried to evade giving his views on state capture in particular the more as proceedings were starting to wrap up the MPs who still had questions to ask kept pressing him and one of them was the ANC's Zukile Leyenge who got very annoyed by Ngabani's evasiveness on this matter
3: can you please breathe on this how do, do where is the ethical conduct how do you justify actions of this nature? Okay. Can can you please tell? Can you please tell South Africans, as an intellectual, as a senior citizen, and a cycle icon like yourself, can you tell us what is it that we must take from you? We are sitting here. We want to go and report to Parliament, reporting what to Parliament when you know what happened at ESCO.
1: Eventually, he pushed enough to get Gabani to fly off the handle and subsequently the committee chairperson to lay in to Ngabane.
3: You know, the self-aggrandisement is not going to help anyone to be claiming to be a champion of the poor when people are hungry out there, and the resources have Chair been listed at ESCO. I'm not sitting here to take this type of rubbish
2: no 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 Honourable, no, no, me, no dr. Okay. Gubane, you you, 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 can't, use, like, you can't you you can 't use that language in, 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 in a committee meeting no 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 dr gubani i 've asked you i 've just re- now 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 ask you to be patient and listen to that rubbish that is is, is said by uh, 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 honorable um Luyenge and respond to it because he is also responding to what you are saying. So I'm not I'm not taking sides here. Let us not call members. Let, let, don't say uh, Luyenge is talking rubbish. You are not going to sit here and listen to the rubbish that he's saying because here we are a committee of parliament. It is not for the first time that you say that. In fact, in the media, you said we as this committee we are asking you questions that are nonsensical questions so you are repeating your statement that you have done, that you have said last time in 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 june twenty seventeen. We cannot accept that, Dr. Wuban. We cannot accept you insulting us as members of parliament. You are not insulted by Honorable uh, Luyenge. Honorable Luyenge is asking you on issues that happened or activities that happened in ESCOM. And those some of those activities that happened in ESCOM, Mr Mr. Singh was here, and Mr. Singh apparently, according to the information that we, 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 we have received, Mr. Singh has Lied to us. Therefore, you cannot come here and, and, and say we, we 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 are talking rubbish. That is not acceptable. We will never
1: will never accept it as this committee.
0: Wow, he really did get Zuki Swaranto's back up there, hey?
1: She was furious, and so was the EFF's Marshal Dlamini, who at one point looked like he wanted to rise out of his chair and confront Gabani literally face to face. But then he got into trouble with the chairperson and she ended up giving him a tongue lashing.
3: Chairperson. 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 Can I, can I... Before before that man responds, we're not going to here.
2: No, Honourable Benjamin. Honourable Benjamin, no, don't make my No, 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 Honourable Benjamin, be no, well, no. well. no, 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 you cannot. You you must you, know I, much cannot that. I cannot say to Mr. Ngubani, you, are, you your language is wrong, and accept yours when yours is, is wrong. No, the there's, there's wrong. Ms. He to comes to Don't in, in of say a man. No, no, no. I have and dealt with that. Rubbish. I have dealt with that. I've dealt with that. Please let us respect each other. I know that this. is... Is not acceptable. I have already said that. If I give you a chance to speak, do not insult back.
0: <laughs> so it all got very heated, very heated. I mean, it really is more like a like a boxing match than anywhere than, than anything else. How did it end? TKO to
1: anybody? <laughs> well, Gabani eventually retracted the comment and insisted again that a judicial commission of inquiry would provide the answers to the committee's questions. So
0: he's sticking to his story. Where do we go now?
1: Well, it's really getting uh, time for the committee to wrap up now, and whether these witnesses uh, arrive or not, it looks like they are just going to have to make do with the testimony that they have received and draw their conclusions from what they have heard and what they do know. It seems kind of certain now that none of the Gupta brothers will show up, neither as... Surprise, uh, surprise. uh, Surprise, surprise. Uh, As I said, ACDP Steve Swart says, hope springs eternal here, but um, it's probably a reality that they're not coming, And let's not forget another person who's not coming is Duduzani Zuma. He's also, through his lawyer, indicated that he's not coming. So Malusi Kigaba might just be the last guy in the hot seat.
0: So, I mean, we really want to see these. We want to see the Guptas. And there's this. There's, uh some not inconsiderable amount of kind of salaciousness and and delicious juiciness around that desire to see them. Um, and also, same, same goes uh, with Dudu Mieni, who has become a figure synonymous with bad stuff, shall we say. And, of course, Dudu Zanezuma, you know, we, we all want to see him come and account uh, to Parliament and and to this group of Spitfire MPs. Without them, though, do do we have enough? Does the committee have enough to achieve what it had set out to achieve?
1: Well, Charlotte, even if they can't make definite inferences about state capture, and, and let's not forget there was a public protector's report, and she was probably better placed than than even this inquiry to get to the bottom of it. If anything, it's unearthed a lot about what is going on or what has been going on at ESCOM. It's pointed to serious governance lapses. And if anything, it's also kind of paved the way for them to get rid of a lot of the individuals, although we can't say for fact that they are guilty just by virtue of the testimony they've given this inquiry. It's kind of helped get rid of um, some key figures who have been fingered in uh, these dodgy dealings, and there is no getting away from it. There were certainly dodgy dealings at ESCOM. And uh, as I said, if anything, this inquiry has really unearthed those dealings um, and highlighted them and really set ESCOM hopefully on a, on a better path.
0: I know I'm like a stuck record with this, but it, it really has been quite arresting for me to watch opposition parties and the ANC all club together to do this. And specifically on this committee, you see across party political lines, MPs really trying to get to the bottom of the truth, or ostensibly at least trying to get to the bottom of the truth, and doing so in a very non-politically loaded way. It seems like our taxpayer rands are, are are being well spent there, and that's that's a really nice thing to see.
1: It is a rare thing to see in a committee. Nobody's tearing strips off each other. Everybody's really working together, working in tandem. And even the inquiry chairperson, she started this whole inquiry and in an acting position, mm. and she wasn't given the job of chairing that committee. Yet when the chairperson was elected by the ANC, she said, well, you go ahead, you started this, you carry on. And She could have wanted to take the glory for herself and get mm. in that chair, and she didn't. So they are all really working really well together. It will be interesting to see, though, who takes up those two seats that are vacant on that inquiry and how they move forward because this is supposedly not the end of it. There are still um, other state enterprises that need to be probed. And we'll be there to cover
0: them. So that wraps uh, for this time round. Uh, the state uh, we're in, which appears to be captured, maybe less so now than when we started this uh, this series of podcasts. Uh, do join us next time. Episode eight promises to be very interesting. Of course, depending on what happens before the committee, uh, but we'll be around to keep you updated and abreast. And of course, as always. Do follow us on Twitter if you want rolling updates. Uh, Eyewitness News Reporter, EWN Reporter is the place to be. Or Lindsay Dentlinger's own uh, uh, Twitter handle, to use the common parlance, which is Metro Babe. And we'll see you next time.